We're recording another one of these intros. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Peasant Party Podcast. I am your host, Charlotte Warren, and to my right is... Annabelle, hi, hi again. How are you? I am doing so well. We're going to have a fun one today. We're going to piss some people off. <laughs> you take any pills this morning? Uh, I uh, took my Wellbutrin this morning. Oh, yes. Nice. I did not take my birth control because I'm in the last week on the sugar pill, so I don't even take that. I love it. I took so, 30 milligrams of Adderall XR. Let's so, go. Let's fucking go. It's five o'clock. Medicated. So let's go. Medicated <laughs> as we should be. Um, which is an allusion to shit we're going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm we've, so excited, honestly. I am, too. Because we've been like, we've been like, we need to tackle some of these topics as they come up. Um, but we'll be honest, it's, it's hard doing this. Sometimes it's kind of like, let's make sure we don't interrupt each other. It's going to bring some attention based on the keywords we're going to use. So we are going to, we wanted to make sure we were prepared to handle these types of topics. Um, totally. Which we will then get into um but yeah enough of all the drugs we do um <laughs> yeah how, how's everything going with you how's zach oh zach is great he's Good. doing quite well um <laughs> uh yeah i don't know things are things are going very well um we have seen each other every day for the last like two weeks or something like that so that's been nice, nice. i and and when we had dated before we were always long distance so mm-hmm. I have never had a relationship where I can, like, see the guy every day if I want to. Or I guess, like, way back, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was much younger. But I was always, you know, doing some complicated-ass shit. Like, it's just nice, you know, when you start dating someone to just kind of be like, when you want to see them so badly, just be like, hey, can I come over right now? Mm -hmm. And I, like, I'll never take that for granted again because long distance takes that away from you. I can I can so. absolutely relate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Hopefully, only a matter of time, though. But um, totally, totally, totally. Um, yeah. Um, no, that's 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 good to hear. And then I also had someone ask, they're like, "Oh yeah, I love your I love your co-host. The chemistry is great." This is my sister. If anyone hasn't realized that yet, she's significantly cooler than I am. Um, but if you can see the resemblance, um, yeah, she's <laughs> and she's also two years younger than me, despite being cooler and taller and you know a little less twenty goofy. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, our entire lives, everybody's always told us that uh, we have the same voice. So yeah. I imagine, like, I obviously, it sounds like an ocean of difference to me, mm-hmm. but I can only imagine on a podcast, like, sometimes, you know, even just hosts that are just friends, you get their voices confused. So I hope that's true. <laughs> I hope you're <laughs> not getting confused. Yeah. yeah. I hope people can tell us apart. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sure as hell can. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's kind of us. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and then we are both. Um, I'm 30. She is 28. So, mm-hmm. according to some of y'all that we're gonna shit on today, we're old as fuck. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I am. That's for sure. Let's let's ready to go. Um, yeah. So anyway, about about I guess we're gonna kind of pivot off of Zach um, to go into <laughs> our first topic. Um, uh-huh. Zach has a certain aesthetic to him, I would say. Yes. He's got a look. Yes. Um, Absolutely. He has a very, like, curated look. Yes. Uh And while I think Zach is a very unique and special snowflake, (laughs) I've noticed that, you know, pre-Zach, you tended to date maybe guys that looked a little bit like Zach. (laughs) Would you say that you have a type? So, yes, but not not in, like, look like him, like, Mm -hmm. biologically. It's more just like, (laughs) um, I first of all, prerequisite. Number one thing, I will not date a guy with no tattoos at yeah. this point. I honestly 
probably wouldn't date a guy who didn't have neck tattoos at this point. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> because I'm just like oh, I'm so obsessed with it I have to have it um and it just makes a huge difference for me because tattooing is my entire fucking life and mm-hmm. art and like I being able to talk to somebody about that stuff and have them like really understand it uh is very special to me um and then I like tall guys like obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a tall man uh but uh zach has like a very how do i even pin this down i would say he's like um very 70s western yes uh it's been described as the alternative um Y'all, i love i love that i love that description. but it, it fits I <laughs> yeah totally it like fits well together i would say my aesthetic it complements that but is not like i'm not the alternative i don't think um that's a another very specific like Austin mm-hmm. look for women. I feel um, I feel like I am like trailer park, like seventies trailer park, uh, like girlfriend. Yeah, I think you and Zach go together. I think yeah. like I do, I just think the one thing that's missing is like stuff that's like very clearly Western. But aside from that, the aesthetic mm. is perfect. Like you're not wearing like full blown cowboy boots or a cowboy hat. I'm not. No. Beyond that though, I I think the aesthetic matches pretty clearly. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he he said he was gonna help me out. He was like, I don't wanna I don't wanna uh, make you feel like I'm forcing this on you, but like you know if you ever wanted me to like style you or whatever, and I'm like yes 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 please please style me. I'm dying for him to like pick out like a cute little like 70s western girl outfit because i just kind of do my own thing i really don't care like i've never had a specific aesthetic i'm not like trying for anything it just kind of like is what it is Mm -hmm. but i would i love to i love a little costume you know i love a little dress up party yes yeah (laughs) dress me up (laughs) yeah that dress as well um and obviously you weren't always in the tattooer you had, no. you had a life before tattooing. I was a, a totally different woman before, yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like the type of guy you dated mm-hmm. reflected that. <laughs> so, I mean, like, would you say that your type has changed over time? Absolutely, yes. At oh 22, my God. what would you have said your type was? Oh, my God. Okay, who was I dating when I was 22? Um, I was dating. You don't have to use names. <laughs> I was dating a boy who I had gone to college with, um, and we were in poets club together because i was an english major and i loved poetry and then uh he ended up doing the same like spoken word poetry class that i had taken Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of overlap there and um he was like the president of the poets club swoon oh my god and everybody just absolutely loved him they thought he was just like a genius Mm -hmm. i I thought his poetry was okay Mm. oh it was good Mm. for a man (laughs) but it wasn't like excellent but um because he was so into poetry that also meant he was really into um rapping white white rapping (laughs) he's a white man so after college he like really really tried and i think he still might even be doing it is he really this is who i'm thinking of i I didn't know that uh (laughs) i mean he's he pursued it for a while and uh now i think he does other media things but like maybe still does it Mm -hmm. on the side okay uh so yeah 22 was a white rapper (laughs) um so i would have to say no i have um eclipsed that interest uh far away yeah i was totally different person and the other thing is when you're younger you you allow a lot more you allow your partner to get away with a lot more i mean depending on how much you want them to like you which as a young woman 
you're insecure i think you're all insecure. young people are insecure i think like, yeah we all just i think it goes both like, ways for oh sure God, yeah yeah but at 22 like I, you know I, male validation to me was a hell of a lot por- and more important than it is now yeah. <laughs> i'll say that totally and like would you say like there was more of a, a interest or preference around things that maybe were a bit more superficial whether that was appearances or, or status than than you have now like are, do you feel like you've gone to prep to preferring things that are a bit more like intangible in the mm-hmm. form of anything like that yeah uh i mean like image wise i always say tattoos because that means that That's we have thing, like this though, yeah. like common ground um i wouldn't say it's like purely an aesthetic thing it, like it, when somebody has tattoos that to me that says that he's not a little bitch <laughs> so that but is a common interest though. it That's is a common interest um no i i wouldn't necessarily say that like i valued looks more at that time mm-hmm. um but i would say a lot more um a lot more criteria has been added to my standard interesting so okay. yes looks matter but but it, there's certainly not everything mm-hmm. and other things matter a lot more mm-hmm what, what, what would you say is like the best like intangible quality that matters the most to you right now um that's such a good question i think probably um creativity because when i'm with a creative person mm-hmm. and we um like are able to discuss and build ideas and like brainstorm dude i feel like a fucking genius i love that shit it, it's like mm-hmm. it's such a difficult feeling to describe but like when two creatives meet it's like oh, such a yes. magical thing love that yeah what about you what's your most gosh i think someone that can make me laugh like i think just have a good sense of humor like and i hate the terms like don't take themselves too seriously because i i just think that means like you don't take anything seriously yeah but i Mm -hmm. think like when the computers are shut for the day you're not working just someone that you can laugh with and go and Mm -hmm. go through life with just and that's something that's so intangible i can't put a metric on it the way you could put a certain thing about somebody's appearance or something like about someone's job or something like that it's just it's a vibe and like that's such some that's something i feel like that can be feel a little bit foreign to some people is like the vibe or as the kids call it the riz riz. where it is Uh like having charisma having the back and forth Uh the flow that matters can i ask you something yes um so you were saying like what is the difference from now back to like 22 which is a really far Mm -hmm. jump yeah would you say uh, a lot has changed for you in the last two years since you were my age like the standards and the things that you want out of men like have you has that changed just in your experience in the last couple of years dating so, so I think some things that are just unique to you with just my experience is obviously I was 26 turned 27 when COVID mm-hmm. hit and I think that that has Whoa, changed a lot of people's yeah. dating experiences uh-huh. regardless of their age so I wonder oh, if there true. hadn't been something like that where you feel like you were losing a year of dating or something like that like uh-huh. um where people maybe got a bit more reliant on the apps because uh-huh. they didn't have other options like I wonder how much that has done not just to myself but others but at such a yeah. pivotal time but I do think and I think that's why you see things like the 27 club you know people um mm-hmm. you know really yes. having that moment like I feel like 27 is sort of one of those moments where you really look at like when you're 22 and you grad you you look to your left look to your right at mm-hmm. people that are the exact same age that you are um generally speaking you're doing the same thing maybe some people right. went to college some people didn't maybe there's one person who you know went to the christian school got married right out of school mm-hmm. but for the most part you're kind of in the same place and then kind of from there you kind of focus on a certain area of your life that you're you know 
maybe a bit better at you focus on your talents and at 27 mm -hmm. you look to all those people and where people have gone the paths people have taken mm -hmm. are so diverse and you kind of look back and you're like holy crap like the path i chose is starting to matter and put me somewhere yeah um and i i remember having that realization when i was yeah. 27 in a uh -huh. way that i wasn't having years before and i think at 30 now 30 to 27 i think i'm just more certain and feel less confused than when i was mm -hmm. 27. um but yeah. yeah like i think that i think yeah there's something there's something to be said for totally. why you know you see the the, the deaths at, at 27 the 27 club because that is such a you know very pivotal yeah. time for a lot of people yeah of all genders like totally all backgrounds it's been going on since many years totally totally mm -hmm. I, yeah definitely I, and i think people are talking about it a lot more now too i've seen people talk a lot about it a lot on like tiktok just mm -hmm. at 27 for some reason something something really shifts um I think like Stevie Nicks had talked about it or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, Cause that's when the, the rumors album, I think like came out, she was like 27 or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I just being, at, I'm now post 27, mm -hmm. but I, uh, looking back, I'm like, yeah, 27 just felt like this vortex. It felt yeah. like it was fun. It was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Um, it was, it had a lot of realizations, but it was also just like this insane spiral. And mm -hmm. now that I'm kind of just barely like spat out of the vortex, like things are becoming clearer to me. Mm. does that make sense yes maybe that's too metaphorical but that's yeah. how it feels i feel like i'm out of my confused 27 year old mm -hmm. vortex um yeah. but one of our listeners who wrote a letter to us isn't and mm. i know um just because of the type of topics we're going to touch on you've had the chance to um read this letter ahead of time i'm going to read it to yes. everybody yeah, yeah and um that is also why we kind of led into it by sharing our own personal experiences um so yeah for better or worse yeah we're talking about those alpha bro podcasts today and the influences they have on people let's go i'm so I know i'm so pumped annabelle has wanted to talk this. about this for a yes, while yes dude it's a heavy hitter but like god charlotte when we when we talk about this you have so many incredible so points many to make you have so many thoughts you are like it, it's crazy you you've researched this I've, uh, it's been thrown in my fucking face i will say that <laughs> yeah. it's been thrown yes. in my face i couldn't ignore it. i would Definitely. love to i'm i envy the people that because i have a lot of friends who don't fucking do tiktok right. who have no idea who any of these fucking people are totally um and i envy the fuck out of them because people <laughs> yeah. who do you think of the fish sheep so. podcast i think uh -huh. they're all fucking stupid they're all grifters and they want to make money off you and if you're new here because we're putting these things in the search terms welcome you follow a bunch of grifters who are profiting off your fucking loneliness. Are we now allowed to name to... them or is that? Uh, I mean, I, I, I just like it, that we have to go down a list of who's who and we're not like, I, sure. I, okay, I want to okay. focus on our listener because our listener isn't so much part of this. But I know just based on the search terms we use, we're going to have different people coming in um, or kind of new people coming in and we're putting our clear stance ahead so. um but if you are like we're not we're not necessarily man bashing we're bashing the, these um we're bashing these fucking grifter creators um we love our male audience there's it's 60 40 as i've said um but yeah um so our mailbag is coming from a 28 year old woman um the subject is there any truth to what the alpha bro podcasters say 27 sorry 28 female writing in partially question another part venting frustration found you on tiktok months ago and while some tiktok dating advice is useful most dating stuff i see on my for you page has made me depressed and left me with more questions than answers to be specific a lot of dating advice talks about single women aging and their value decreasing with age while men age like quote unquote wine these creators will say that if a woman's 30 and single the likelihood of her never marrying is extremely high I don't think that is true based among 
on what I see among my older coworkers, but some of these creators have shared statistics that say otherwise. It's hard to know who or what to trust, and it's hard not to feel like the best move is to rush into a relationship I'm not ready to be in or settle for a person I'm not attracted to if I want any hope of marriage and children. What really led me to spiral? I tried creating dating content, making a video about how my preferences have changed since I was 22 or 23, since deleted. I talked about how now at 28, I prefer a guy who's kind, stable, family oriented over more superficial qualities. I always thought this type of shift in preferences was normal and showed more about my personal growth than anything. The video was bombarded by a bunch of alpha male bros commenting that I had been quote unquote ran through in my early 20s. Um, using all of the words like alphas, betas, cucks, and the SMV term you joke about. Yeah, it was a bunch of blank profiles, and I'm sure some were kids, but I'd be lying if the volume of comments like this didn't make me question my sanity or worry about my dating prospects. I always saw myself getting married and having a family, and it never occurred to me that this might not happen until the last six months or so. I thought doing things like getting ahead at work personal growth made me a better or more attractive option to men and all this makes me wonder if I put my priorities in the wrong place so I guess my question is and I know you might be biased so I am asking you to please put the jokes aside a little bit I make a lot of jokes about this shit is there any truth to what these guys are saying do you ever feel panic did you ever feel panic before you met your boyfriend and do you have any single friends struggling with dating now that they're 30 plus are your single guy friends ages 30 plus that opposed to dating women their own age slash do they find them less attractive? Appreciate the insight. Looking forward to the discussion. All right. Damn, Impassioned yeah. read of that. Yes. Initial yeah. thoughts. Because um, we've got a lot to unpack. We might not right. get to our second letter. Right, right, right. And we we had uh, read over this before. Um, and I mean... It's so relatable, really. Um, I know that when I was going through this, um, I felt completely alone. Also, I mm -hmm. felt like, oh, my God, am I the only one of like everybody who's maybe not going to get married? And if I don't get married, what then? Like, what then if I don't have it's not even necessary. It's not even like I need a white picket fence and 2.5 kids. It's like I want a life partner. Right. You know? Totally. And I think like, yeah, that, that feeling, it's uh -huh. a, the, the feeling that she's feeling here, I think is normal because I think anytime someone says something that goes against what you want, mm -hmm. when you've been looking for something your entire life, yeah, you're going to say like, okay, what the fuck? Is there any truth to this? If someone comes on in passion with a little microphone, even if you know they're full mm -hmm. of shit or you really think they're full of shit. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a lot to unpack, I think, with all this. Where I know, do, right? I think, Where do we start? <laughs> First, let's start with the Alpha Bro podcasters. I want to start yes. there. Yes. Oh, uh, what um, what is SMV? Sexual marketplace value. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The term yes, that I, I shit on. Okay, it's, it's quite funny. I made a whole like um, fan fiction and lore where people who use this term are sexually attracted to their groceries because that's what it sounds like. The way they talk, like, uh -huh. what are you doing? Going to the grocery store and fucking a pineapple? It's like. <laughs> nobody fucking talks like this if you want uh, so yeah. i'll tell this woman i'll tell anybody who's new here who uses these words unironically go to a party say the phrase sexual marketplace value aloud and then ask yourself do i still have friends after this are you invited to more parties no because you're talking like a fucking loser these grifters are encouraging you to speak and fucking loser speak never fucking talk like that anyway it's a stupid fucking term um mm -hmm. but kind of 
yeah, this alpha, it's a, it's a buzz, they, they're big on their stupid little buzzwords. They have their whole little fucking glossary. Yes. So we're going to go through those, these alpha bro podcasters. We're going to speak to this woman and we're going to speak to the general audience. Um, I do have a male audience that I know, um, you know, is not that in, that not interested in this type of content. I don't think I have much overlap with these fresh fruit, whatever podcast people, because my audience is 25 to 44, like mm-hmm. disproportionately. Um, and that type of content is designed for people between pretty much the ages of 18 to 23. So this mm-hmm. like red pill manosphere, I call it dork pill because it's fucking loser shit. The way I understand it as well, um, it was directly a like, I, you might've told me this. It was like mm. the pickup artist to yes. this red pill pipeline. Yes. And there's a reason for that. Yes. So this audience, so the, who this, who this content is for is not for this listener. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not, yes. it's, it's made for young men primarily between the ages of 18 to 23. Um, and it's primarily consumed amongst that demographic, um, young men who maybe are struggling socially and don't have a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of times it's, um, you know, men who don't have a positive male role model in the home who can, who they can look to who has a positive, um, you know, relationship with, you know, their, their mother. Um, it's young men who maybe are from disadvantaged or marginalized communities who maybe don't have parents at home at all. Uh, maybe English is their second language. They're struggling to make social connections. Um, they're from, you know, areas that don't have things like sports or, um, you know, other groups where they can make, um, you know, a lot of friends, positive male role models. So this type of content appeals to that demographic primarily because they're struggling with talking to women. Right. And, and it does like, in a sense, appeal to like, young white males white cisgendered males yes but in a lot of ways like there that's a huge variety of man or boy and um in a in a lot of ways they are marginalized yeah oh 100 percent yeah they're vulnerable low income um people that have learned like learning disabilities Mm -hmm. um people who because a lot of times like we said about um you know what makes people attracted to people it's a lot of intangibles like Mm -hmm. we said the kids call it riz um but people where it's just why aren't the girls talking to me you know they have they will have a checklist in their mind they're mathematical in their thinking what's what's the do x get y mm-hmm. of this versus and you tell them things like social skills what is that you tell them something like sexual market value where you can rank you mm-hmm. know what makes people more attractive they're gonna they're gonna like oh fuck some answers here even mm-hmm. though it is a yeah. complete pseudoscience term that nobody really uses and people would think you're a loser if you said it aloud nonetheless yeah so that's who that type of audience is um but something else that that audience struggles with um, because, you know, they struggle with talking to women, um, what they see when they go out into their school, um, a lot of times like high school, college, you know, the Greek system is around that they're not a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel like it's clicky. Why do these guys get it? Why don't I? Um, they'll sell the sell with these like red pilly content. Yeah. The, first, they first, the thing that comes in that has a little bit of truth to it is they do p- push self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Take a shower, get a haircut, go to the gym all good things that we should all do and that's where it starts too that's where it starts Mm -hmm. um and you know anyone could agree like someone who's been going to the gym and is is clean is more attractive than somebody who is rocket science right there sure um but where they kind of go south is where they're selling this message to these young men who are consuming the content guys that are struggling socially who are pissed off that you know why do these guys figure it out why can't i um and they say hey you know, young men watching our show spending, you know, 20, 20 bucks every super chat so that we can shit on women. Um, you know, these women who are going for these older guys who are cooler than you, whatever, um, they're going to be doing that. And you're going to be, um, you know, yeah, you're not getting the girls now, but here's what's going to happen. 
there is going to be the script's going to flip in 10 to 15 years all the women who said no to you they're going to have their fun quote unquote get ran through that's the word that you love to use um you're going to be improving yourself and then lo and behold you're going to be 38 years old and you're going to have your pick of all the hot 22 year old women and then all these women who said no to you are going to die alone with their cats they're going to realize way too late when they're fat and ugly that we that um you know they don't have any options and you're going to be the one who wins they are selling a revenge fantasy to people who don't know any better. I, it's and so until sad. then, yeah, it's it's so it's, it's horrible. Terrible. Like even though I'm you know a woman and on on the receiving end of the violence, technically, like I do feel so sad for like these people who are being deceived and being told that like yeah it sucks right now, but if you keep buying my content when you're 38, you're gonna have everything you want, and then they're gonna hit 38 and have none of it. Well, because yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like first, I guess one element of truth, do guys, you know, get better with age? I think we all do it from, you know, between 18 to like 25 in a sense that we all get more confident. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. a guy gets more confident. He knows what he wants. Like you have more just experience with interact with social interaction. Like we become better daters as we get older. But this like revenge fantasy is, you know, it's it's very much it's it's such a grift too in the sense where it's like until then until you know all this time until then keep buying my course keep paying for the super chat keep watching my content um and you know sending me money so that i can keep selling you what you want to hear and what's crazy too is even if these guys genuinely believe what they're saying because side note i think that you know there's a lot of money to be made on people's loneliness like if you have mm-hmm. someone who doesn't know any better, what's going on around them, what works, what doesn't, and they are lonely and you can profit off that loneliness, holy fuck, there is money to be made. If you can take somebody's sadness and turn it into anger, make them feel like a maligned person, like they've been done wrong, some done some injustice, that is profitable. And that is exactly what they're doing. They don't give a fuck yeah, about it. Because anger like really usually leads to results, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. By and force. Exactly. <laughs> Even if like there was no grift involved and these guys genuinely believed in what they were saying as well, um, the types of you know men that are pitching these content, um, you know they're um, you know they are they're older men. They're they're mm-hmm. they're good looking. They dress well. They appear quote appear keyword appear <laughs> to be doing well, having money, being in relationships with younger women. They're in yep. their thirties or so. Um, if you see any of the hosts, I don't go down the list of who's who. Um, I think with, hopefully we have Angela Knight or Rudy or someone to come in. We can go through these friends of the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be coming in the next few weeks. But um, like, you know, they all these people live a life that is so different than the average person. Um, so even if they believed what they were saying, um, it would what they're pitching to people, what they're selling is so different than the average person to where, you know, the person on the receiving end of this type of content um is not living a life where some of these things that they're saying apply so just to kind of give run a rundown on these like dork pill personalities a lot of times they live in miami they live in um Mm -hmm. las vegas um they are part of the club scene um in a lot of ways um while not you know mainstream entertainment they're part of the entertainment industry they are alternative entertainers um, so as a result, um, you, they put themselves in situations where they're going to be on camera. They're going to be surrounded by um, people um, that are, you know, of you know, pretty diverse backgrounds. We're also looking to be on camera and people who need to be on camera and that's how they make their money need to do shit that makes them the camera point at them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that shit's going to be a little bit crazy. 
Um, sometimes it's also going to be, um, you know, the places they go, like they'll put money into looking richer than they are um, or spending money on certain experiences that they really can't afford because in some way to them, it's a business expense. And so mm -hmm. where am I going with this? Um, a lot of what these um, personalities will describe to the average guy who's between 18 to 23 or so, um, you know, maybe at home at their parents' house, if they're still in high school, if they are in college, they're at an average university or community college, something like that. Yeah. Um, very average. Um, they are telling them about a life that this guy does not live. And that guy is taking it in, um, you know, taking it as fact. For example, this type of dork pill personality will say things, for example, like, um, like, I guess, where do I start? Um, saying things like the discussion that um, you know, OnlyFans is this common occurrence that everybody's mm, on. God, yeah. The way th these yes. podcasts, and side note, these are not dating podcasts. The Fresh Fruit podcast is not a dating podcast. It's uh -huh. a gender issues debate slash niche discussion of romantic issues for people in a very, very specific demographic in clubby cities. That is what that podcast is. It is not a dating podcast for the average person because nobody, like, I, I remember when I first learned what OnlyFans was, it was like literally less than a year ago. Someone put like OnlyFans question mark on one of my videos. And I was like, I thought they were asking me if the people in the video were actually my friends, like thinking I was had like fake friends and like recruited people to be in a video. And I was like, no, Only they're my fans? friends. <laughs> uh, that's what I thought. I thought like, uh, that's what I thought. No, they're my friends. <laughs> That is what I thought because I that. that was the That's first, so the only people I know that are on OnlyFans, I met through TikTok. Mm -hmm. I'm an average person. I don't really reveal much about who I am in a parallel life to this. I have a corporate job. I have for years. I have a lot of friends who also have corporate jobs. Mm -hmm. um, nobody's on fucking OnlyFans. It's like something that like has sort of like sometimes people joke, oh, we could sell feed pics on OnlyFans. Nobody's on this. No one that I know is consuming it. I think, you know, maybe there's some look at the Instagram butt model things sort of from the men, but like there is not. So the way, but the way these podcasts talk about OnlyFans, it's like, you know, they'll say things like you never know who has an OnlyFans. It's like, no, you will know who has an OnlyFans because to have an OnlyFans that's worth having, you have to promote it. Like, right. otherwise, why have an OnlyFans if no one's going to pay for it and use it? And to promote it, that means people around you are going to know you have fucking OnlyFans. Nobody, no, the girl that's sitting next to you at your desk, 23-year-old, recent college graduate, she does not have fucking OnlyFans. You know what she did yesterday? She went to the gym, and then she watched The Fucking Bachelor. She's not on fucking OnlyFans. Like, these fucking podcasts need to shut the fuck up, because... That is a something that OnlyFans, why they talk about OnlyFans for like a, the modern common dater is ridiculous. Um, yeah. I do have to say, um, I I know, I actually do know a number of people who have OnlyFans, but obviously we And no disrespect to anyone who has it. We're not shitting on no, it. We're no, just no. saying it's, it's in, I niche. I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. It is an incredibly like complicated thing. There's mm. a lot of things to like look at with that. But number one, um, being like these men uh grossly underestimate what it takes to have an OnlyFans and to like well, also, find any success on there. the women who go on these podcasts like I think when they say like oh I make this much money the reason they do that a lot of times is because if you say I make thirty thousand dollars a month on OnlyFans people say there must be something worth it behind the payroll mm -hmm. um so like how much money you can actually make on it is like very much not what it is presented as. So anyone who's telling you it's easy money, um, I won't, you know, have, have nothing against anyone who want, wants to do that. Um, I think that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there. Also, side note, 
why like well why do people go on these podcasts it's all it's always like people that are on only fans because what happens yeah while these women are getting shat on in the comments you know what happens i think that like i forget whose mm -hmm. podcast it was on but someone was mm -hmm. saying like girls that went on this podcast yeah they knew they were gonna get shit on but they would see like twelve thousand dollars in only fan signups from those appearances so the guys that are shitting on them are still buying the only fans so it's like of course because nobody else would go on these freaking podcasts it would get can, you fired from any other job can i just break that down real quick like the the this podcast i i actually have never listened to or watched it mm -hmm. um but what we're referring to is basically like a a circle of dudes who are pretty far uh on one extreme end yep. of like gender and sexual politics and then they will randomly invite on like beautiful women sometimes uh women who you know are um sometimes it's only fans girls sometimes it's people who are model like, something in the alternative or like entertainment. more scholarly you know they, professions they don't they've never they, have they, no, okay they okay a, it would get I'm... you fired from any okay like yeah any it, it would, they, um i think the closest thing they get to like scholarly is it's like influ it's like influencer debater type so yeah okay. they're maybe not mm -hmm. only fans or yeah. like i know like the, the whatever fucking podcast has had people come from like the turning point usa organizations stuff like that to like mm -hmm. you know, try to take one other side so it's, it's all influencers who gain something out of being there because if you weren't in one of those types of positions you would gain absolutely nothing from being on there it's not going to make you fucking smarter you're not having real discussion. It's also like having these be like, oh, a podcast. You can't have 10 people on a podcast. Like I've been on podcasts with four people. I'm like, that's too many. Like you can't have a real discussion. No, you can't. No. Oh, yeah. No. Um, cutting so, off people's microphones. Like <laughs> literally, but that's like, it's, it's a clusterfuck. So they're yeah. not enjoyable to watch like for actual discussion. Um, I've totally went down the road of like, oh, but so, yeah, just the way they talk about these, uh -huh. like, it's like as though, you know, everyone's on OnlyFans and with who they invite on the show. If you're a guy who doesn't socially interact with a lot of people you might be like oh yeah like the woman next to me at the grocery store she's on only fans they'll spread things like they'll say when they talk about like women who have traveled before they, they always jump to like you know if you know if she's traveled like if she tells you like oh i i went to spain last year last summer the instinct that they jump to like any woman who's traveled it's because some you know wealthy elite man flew her out and she went over there to sleep with him like that is the type of message they spread like sure maybe if you're some sort of niche influencer type do they get involved in escorting sure those are people in the entertainment industry have yeah. has anyone ever hit you up on instagram and you're like significantly more attractive than me has anyone Bitch. ever hit you oh, no you take that back right now you never fucking say has that again, anyone has God. anyone ever hit you up on instagram or otherwise inviting you to dubai to go on their yacht that you've never met before? I, this shit drives me nuts because i hear this a lot too like oh yeah women get flown out who women get know flown out. i no, i if somebody would offer to fly me out somewhere that would be fucking dope you gotta but, invite my man now too but <laughs> But I have never had an offer to vote. No, no, absolutely I've never not. Been I have flown made anywhere. Mm -mm, no, dude. I I've never had anyone ask. Never offer? had anybody offer to pay my bills. Like I've been taken out on like some nice dates, but yeah. that's the extent of it. Like and those I are guys never... that were that wanted to go on dates. There wasn't transaction. Like this idea that like all the women are getting invited to be flown out. No. If I like a lot, most of the women who have traveled somewhere, if they tell you, oh, I went to Spain as a, a you know as a graduation trip, you know how she paid for that her graduation money from her fucking grandma like yeah. or you know i saved up money for starbucks i wanted to take two weeks to do a backpacking trip before i started my new job at oracle 
in August. That is how those trips look like. But no, according to these podcasts, things go a little bit differently. Um, so it's just it's so outside of the norm. They say that, you know, about, um, you know, women who have traveled. So they're like playing. They're putting this very like unrealistic picture of what the average woman looks like. And then, you know, guys that don't know any better who struggle socially are having this impression that, you know, the women that they're interacting with in their day to day look more like this. And it's doing, you know, fuck what it's, it's like, you know, yeah, of course, I think it's misogynistic as shit. But like, if you look at the people it's influencing, guys who are struggling, like, that's who it's having the negative impact on. Like, it's putting them in a darker place, and it's not helping them. So that is who that type of content is for. That it's, The idea is like, it's a revenge um, fantasy presented to young men who don't know any better. So to the woman who wrote this letter, we've gone on our rant. Um, that's who that's who this is for. Like in the TikTok for you page is has put those types of um, that type of content in front of the average person in a way that it wouldn't have been two years ago. These would have been fringe things on the Internet and it's in your face and it's not for you. Yeah, it uh, it's just so like it it is fueling this myth mm-hmm. that um, women for one uh use their sexuality as like a driving force behind everything that they do their Mm -hmm. career uh their business their pleasure everything um which of course is not is not true but Mm -hmm. it but it also uh like drives this point home that like men you don't have that and you will never have that you will never be able to to make money like such easy money and have everything handed to you the way that all women do all women have this opportunity and and they have like life handed to them on a platter and you don't yeah i'm average as fuck i've never gotten anything like that yeah it's and you can so say, oh, crazy. i i know people a little like I, I don't i don't know any fucking movie actors whatever i don't know what their life looks like but i'm not see. i have no friends who've been flown out to anywhere so this stuff is, is horse shit so crazy because it's not it's not like men ignore me it's not like i don't get male attention like it's i just mean from it's, average dudes it comes from left and right everywhere economic class exactly us. Go, or go. but like they're just regardless of like what where they stand on that like on their the socioeconomic right. status mm-hmm. they're still like not just offering free flights to bitches no, them, like no, no nobody offered like there's still gonna like be guys with self-respect aren't really fucking doing that you, but, you say uh-huh. put that in the bank for when you have an actual girlfriend that's what i think most reasonable guys who aren't fucking dorks watching the shit or trying to sell this boyfriend fly me shit i fly i have purchased like every flight and plane ticket for every man i've ever dated so yeah um, i'm gonna just put that out right now nope. i am mommy so don't even fucking come at me with that dubai shit yeah i've never been i have no interest in going to dubai uh-uh. But um, no, and we're, we've totally this. We're totally like we got to make sure we're moving along. But Sorry. Um, so to to the um, to the woman who like wrote in, yeah. First, this isn't for you. Second of all, you mentioned these statistics that these people seem to have. You know what's mm-hmm. really funny about these people um, and grifters in general? They like to use statistics to their advantage in the form of cherry picking. So mm-hmm. one of these studies yes. that I think she mentioned about women who aren't married by a certain age, um, never getting married. I think that is from a study that I have actually dove into that it was repeated in these like dork pill circles. Um, uh, Hannah Davis, Pearl as some like to call her, um, as well as some of the, the you know, Roma, Tomato, whatever the fuck their names are, um, have been taking this study um, and misrepresenting it to the population. There is this study that people are communicating from this dork pill community that's going around where they're saying 
women who are between the ages of 25 to 44 um, in the year 2030 47 percent of them will be single um the way and they're saying that that's up three percent from 2019 where only 43 percent were single and so keep in mind it sounds so like if you are buying this statistic with no further evidence like this is just such an outrageous so and we'll get into what they're what they're doing wrong (laughs) Um, there are some of some two who are taking this um statistic um, and i'll go into what the statistic actually says some of them are saying um you know they're honing in on the age 25 versus 25 to 44. Um, Some of them are saying that if they are single in 2030, the likelihood that they will be single for the rest of their lives, not just this 2030 year, um, is is extremely high. Um, There are some, because 25 to 44 is considered working age, some people have tied it to, um, you know, women who are working between these ages are less likely to find a husband because of this girl boss narrative. Um, There are also some that are saying that this study was taken um, because, um, you know, they want to, like, look more at the single woman and they're trying to invest more money in cat food because they're all going to die alone with their cats. None of that shit is true. Let's talk about where that study actually came, came from. In 2019, Morgan Stanley put together a study to look at um, you know, women's economic power um, with the idea that people are delaying marriage later uh, until later. Um, the average age of first marriage is now, I believe, 30 years old for women, 31, 32 for men. The average age gap between married couples is two to three years. So anyone who's saying, you know, all these older men are marrying younger women, those are in the extremes. Um, so this study was taken to really look at women's spending power, which is which is a lot different. If you think of a 30 year old woman who is married with children 20 years ago is going to be spending her money a lot differently than a single woman. You know, you have more money to spend on yourself, maybe buy a nice purse versus buying your kids shoes. So um, Morgan Stanley puts out this study and they even put in there things like, you know, women are um, you know single and they keep in mind, too, they are using when they say single, they are using census data. So the U.S. Census, when they measure single, they are looking at who is legally single, which means unmarried, never been married. Um, the census measures single, married, separated, divorced and widowed. Um, so when they say single, they are also including women who are engaged, cohabiting in a relationship. It is not single in the sense of totally alone. So that that, that skews it anyway. Yeah. Um, so it, it's looking at single women because that's really the only way you can get that much data. Um, if you go and survey people, like you have to mm-hmm. trust what people tell you, um, right. which and is like, flawed in itself. Yeah, the number of people getting classically married has dropped significantly. Exactly. And so a just, lot of yeah. people like so in, common so, law. Or whatever. So that's happening. Um, and then people are delaying marriage, um, but they mm-hmm. are still getting married. Um, but these um, sure. s- the survey says you know, women between the ages of 25 to 44 in 2019 was like 43 percent they predict it's going to be 2030 in 2030 it will be 47 or it's up by three or four percent so um 43 jumped to 47 percent um and it's not we're not looking at the same batch of women and how many of them are still single it's whoever's um between the ages of 25 to 44 in that specific year um Mm -hmm. and legally single um, so that's what it that's what it looks at. And the idea is, yeah, like women, you have more spending power so the banks can invest more in things. And they specifically call out like Gucci, Lululemon, like more to spend on yourself. Um, and because it's about like women's economic power, um, they don't bring up the male numbers in it, despite the fact that if you look at the census data, it is it's directly paralleled with men. Yeah. Um, it's just like three years more because the average age of first marriage is um the the, i'm sorry the average age gap between a married couple is like is two to three years so it's just it's skewed a little bit it's affecting everybody um but the like red pill people are using it to say that like 
oh my god women who are you know they're, they're all going to be single they're all going to die alone to pitch that revenge fantasy to people it's falling in the laps of you know women who aren't the intended audience for it um but of course like people are just you know they're hearing these studies that are very much cherry picked so no they're not none of the study has nothing about who's going to be single for the rest of their lives i will also say the study is measuring the age group 25 to 44 the average age of first marriage is increasing, but they're still measuring the same demographic. So it's right. the 25 to 30. If you broke that down, I'm sure from you know 25 to 30, 30 to 35, things would look a lot different. The 44-year-olds or the 35-year-olds that aren't married um, is going to be, I would say, like a lower um, you know percentage than and the younger women that are part of that survey are going to be skewing that um, in that standpoint. So. These studies that they keep bringing up are very, much, very, very heavily cherry picked. Um, and so I would say, too, if they talk, if any of these people talk about studies, I challenge you, go find out, go find that study in the first place, read it in full, because you'll be surprised just in the study itself, exactly how it's written, how much is being cherry picked. I would also look at, mm -hmm. um, you know, not just who wrote it, or I'm sorry, not what it says, but who wrote it. Who's sponsoring it? Who funded um, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, with any with any statistic um, yeah. or study, uh, like f if you can find a peer reviewed study, that's mm -hmm. best. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely, I'm trying to like get through to this. I'm trying to get this mm -hmm. point through. Um, to like people like our parents and like older people you know just because you saw like a random statistic you need mm -hmm. to look into the facts there you need yeah. to look into yeah who funded this study yeah because i mean the morgan stanley one yeah that's funded by morgan stanley but the intent wasn't so that mm -hmm. one that one they cherry picked the inside but sometimes like you know if it's not something using census data if it's something say written by focus on the family that's a conservative think tank if it's right. written by I'm trying to think of one for a liberal one so we can balance this out. But yeah, look at those because those are sometimes biased. And I would also say, look at how they collected their data. Now, this one did use census data, but something that comes with that, single according to the census is legally single. It's not, I am alone. You also have to look at if it's something where they're going and surveying individual people. Um, people, the way people kind of communicate, like there's um, you know, selection bias, people who choose to participate in surveys in the first place are gonna be a different type of person than the person that walks by those fucking people. Mm -hmm. So you have to like look at that anytime you have a study. And a lot of times with these fucking grifters, especially because they're trying to make money off people, you're gonna find a lot of holes. Something I will also tell this woman too, is when you go out in the world and talk to people and you observe what your friends are doing, she mentions, this doesn't look like what her older coworkers are doing. What you see your friends doing, what you see people around you doing when they get married, that is data in of itself. That is observations from a primary source amongst people around you who are like you. So don't discredit that. If the people around you, because you're in a bigger city, are getting married at 32, 33, 34, that means something more so than some fucking little book that was taken 10 years ago in a city that is you know, much smaller than yours. Like, look at the people around you. Also, talk to other people. That is also something from a primary source. It's interviews. So don't discredit the things that are happening around you by going outside versus this weird fucking quote unquote studies that these fucking grifters are trying to pitch to people to sell them a revenge fantasy and prop it off their loneliness. Don't listen to this fucking shit. Um, when, when these dudes talk about this study and I'm sorry, what was it like 47% or something like that? They, yeah. Some of them will say more than half. Okay, sure. So yeah. Um, do they ever mention 
how uh what percentage of men are are expected to be single at that point or are they implying that men are 100 percent taken as like a control group and like so what's interesting about it um and i think what's what happened what's convenient about that study for them is because it's measuring women's economic power they don't mention men at all so but if you like if you go and look for the census yourself it's like it's predict like it looks exactly the same except it's skewed three years older um, okay. It's so funny too because some of the things like they they cherry pick this other study like there was this other study that looked at um you know what the age that men and women find most attractive and they look at um between the ages of 20 for every year from ages 20 to 50 mm-hmm. um for men for women um and they have pictures of people between the ages of 20 to 50 and they say which do you find the most physically attractive. Um they the, and the result that the dork pill people present is on average men find 22 to be the most um, attractive age amongst the women um that you know that you ask all the men no matter their age average that they say is the most attractive is 22 for the women the average age they find to be the most attractive amongst the men is 38. <sighs> this one hurts so bad so this me. one oh, is there truth to it it is extremely cherry-picked so first off if you go to the, the men that were between the ages of 20 to 50 um, were shown pictures of women, um, you know, up up until those ages, um, and said, "Which one do you find most physically attractive?" Yes, the men did say it was anywhere between 20 and 25, and it, there was some discrepancy, but it did average out to 22. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone said anything over 25. And before anyone calls men animals, we'll come back to this. Um, so yeah, the average was 22. Mm-hmm. But if you go look at what the women said, the women who the men that they found most attractive aged with them so the women as they asked you know a 22 year old she found a 23 24 25 year old to be most attractive the 30 year old found the 33 34 year old most attractive and the type the guy they found most physically attractive aged with them now when the women turned 38 that's where it sort of plateaus so once you keep going up you have the women that are in their 40s you know 50 it stops at 50 they find the 38 year old man most attractive um, that's where it kind of levels but up until then it's the guys that that age with them they're attracted to men their their own age and if you average those out the average is 38 despite the fact that if you look at every single age no the 22 year old woman is not attracted to the 38 year old man the way that they're communicating that she is and they'll also say like oh women want to date they're all attracted to older men yes men that are two to three years older than they are not their fucking dad's age so this whole like Oh my God, like you'll be able to get the 22 year old woman when you're 38 because the average age that men peak is 38. No, it fu- like, no, it isn't. <laughs> no, babe. No, it men isn't. Men do not peak at 38. That is oh such a it's such a swindle it's a a revenge well well it's i mean it's also like you could say i mean yeah do men age like wine sure men age like wine sure women age like milk in a sense that most wine if you leave it out for 20 years turns into fucking toxic vinegar (laughs) aside from a very small percentage of it that gets sold for hundreds of dollars and how do you get there you take care of it you take care of yourself you have more money and stuff in the same way that yeah you know a lot of milk turns sour after x amount of years like you know there's a small percentage of it that becomes like fine fucking aged cheese and it's a small percentage so yeah i guess the fucking moral i'm trying to tell with this really shitty metaphor is we're all getting fucking old and if you take care of yourself and you have more money which we're all peasants so i don't know how much money we're all gonna have like we're all gonna we're all getting fucking old and that's how that's how this shit works 
Um, I would be willing to say that someone who has a similar genetic background as you and lives a similar lifestyle to you that is your opposite gender counterpart is probably the attractiveness equivalent of you, regardless of your age. We're all going to die one day. So that's kind of like where that comes from. But getting older is a blessing. Right. And then just one more point to tack on. Um, We had talked about this where like, yes, men, when looking at pictures, you know, saw the 22 year old as like the most attractive. That's the thing, too. And that's where we talk about Mm -hmm. how the, you know, yeah, the guy finds the woman physically attractive. Sure. um, The 22 year old woman. But if you can't, you also have to look at where did they collect this data? What was the data collection like? Sorry, we totally jump around. Um, very passionate on this topic. Um, these are these kind of surveys was taken. They would bring people in a little room and say, who do you find most physically attractive based on pictures? Um, and so, yeah, the guys, when no one else is around, are saying, oh, she's the prettiest. Um, but it's not the same as putting them all in a room with all of these women physically and saying, go approach the one that you think um, is the most realistic fit for you. I think that would look a lot different a lot different i think a lot more men would be more realistic and say hmm, right which would doesn't I have something and being realistic doesn't mean settling it's exactly. not like he's like well i guess i'll go for like something more bottom of the barrel because i can't get the 22 year old like no you want to talk to and communicate mm-hmm. with people exactly who you understand and that is how somebody becomes attractive to you so exactly yeah. so that's like so it's also yeah you have to look at the survey too it's not like men are like mm-hmm. oh they're gonna all leave you for a 22 year old it's like yeah someone brought them in a little room and showed the pictures and said which one do you think is the most physically attractive like yeah that's going to look a lot different than how men actually approach people out and about in the wild Mm -hmm. so all of these statistics that they're claiming are so right and so accurate are fucking you know they're they're very cherry-picked so i would say don't listen to that um i guess and we have taken a lot of time to talk about this um (laughs) yeah kind of going from that though and you know the the cherry-picked statistics that these you know the people that are making this are living different lives that they are targeting a certain audience that is not you um, to sell a revenge fantasy. Um, does dating, like, I think she wants to know, is is there actual truth, is there any form of truth to it? Does dating get harder as you're older, and why? Um, it No, honestly. I mean, I feel like it maybe it feels that way um and sh- she's 28 so i feel like she's probably you know same generally same place mm-hmm. that that i'm at it does not um it doesn't get harder it's just you your time is much more precious yes and you are you don't have time for the bullshit mm-hmm. and so like when you're 22 you're kind of like yeah who cares we'll see where this goes we're both cute we both are kind of like directionless if he hasn't gotten his life together yet and he has zero dollars in his bank account it's fine because you do too and then you guys Mm -hmm. are gonna come up together whatever but when you're 28 you don't the tolerance is is lower for that because Mm -hmm. you have reached a certain level of success and you expect your partner to to carry their weight exactly Yeah, and I, w- I would say that I think also something that's challenging is opportunities to meet people. If you're, say, in that, um, and I don't want to speak too much to the college audience because that's not really my audience, but um, I'll call it the friend group phase of life, like post-college up until age 26, 27. Um, the w- like the way you live your life is like on Friday night, you go out and about with your friends. You are, you are meeting more people than a 30-year-old is. 
if you go like a lot of times if you're 22 23 24 25 on friday you go out um you go with you know a friend group of people that's likely single and then you go to some bar that's a bit dusty inside that has no chairs and there's it's full of people and music and you shake hands with a bunch of people whom you assume are also single um, if someone hits you up on Saturday and says, you want to go back out again tonight and try this new thing that you've never done before, you have no idea if you'll like it, mm -hmm. we're going to go play fucking underwater basket weaving pickleball, um, you'll probably be more likely to say yes. And what happens when you do shit like that? You're meeting more people naturally. When you're 30, you're more protective with your time in a sense that, you know, someone t says to me, want to go to Buford's on a Friday? I'm like, fuck no. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. If I'm going somewhere on a Friday, it's known quantities with friends, people I've met before. I'm not meeting as many new people. I'm not, so dating, like having to go out and date and put yourself out there in situations where you're gonna meet people in a dating context is a bit more forced. It might mean relying on dating apps more. It might mean, you know, going outside your comfort zone, hoping you'll meet somebody in a way that people that maybe are coupled aren't. Um, so I think that that is what makes things a bit more challenging in that just that's the life you live and it's also the same life that the people your own age or you know male counterparts are are living too so it does mean putting yourself out there more i would say um and it has the kind of those interactions i think some other things that maybe make it harder um do guys find women that are over 30 less attractive um looking at them at face value no would being 30 weigh into their decision yes but not in a sense where it's like oh they're all they're all dried up i think it's a lot of guys feel like you know that 29 20 29 30 31 um things are serious from the start you go on a date with a 29 year old you date her for for two months and you realize you're not ready for a relationship you will likely be told why did you waste my time and you will, the biological clock's going to be mentioned if yes. you do that with a 22 year old yeah she might be annoyed with you and not want to you know be pissed off but you're not going to hear some sort of right act um and you know maybe you have more time to be flexible with. you're not the asshole who wasted someone's time so i think yes. men know that um, so I think that will be kind of factored in if you're a guy who's maybe not ready, um, they w would maybe be averse to that if it seems like you want something more serious than they are confident they're ready for. Um, I think also there's play in the numbers game in the same way that when I was single on dating apps, I would cut my age range off to 40 because in general, over 40 seemed like it was something I couldn't really relate to. Like it was just, mm -hmm. you know, at that point, we didn't like the same music, didn't like the same TV shows. Now if I went out and saw a 42 year old that I found attractive, holy shit, we could vibe. I wouldn't be opposed to dating that person, but if you're in a big city trying to play the numbers game, yeah, like maybe I'll lose the one good 40 year old so I can sift through people that are more likely not to be interested. And I think with men, sometimes it's like, you know, the woman over 30, maybe it's more likely she's single parent with kids or something. If you're, you know, guys never married, no kids hoping for something with the same. So there's some numbers game, I think there, but it's not, if they see you out and then you tell them you're 30, it's not like, oh my God, like, 30 year old like go away you're you're unattractive physically. unless they are one of these perpetually on the internet type dudes but which like i think yeah if that's getting drilled into their head that 30 is like mm -hmm. is like a dead stop for them and like oh if they're 30 mm -hmm. they're almost like foul then yes you're being brainwashed into thinking that women over 30 are like horrendous beasts yeah. but the rest of the world i will fucking tell you right now Everybody that I and I'm friends with a lot of people in their 30s. Mm -hmm. Everybody that I know that's in their uh, like 30s, even women in their 40s, like they are uh, that are single, um, are having fun, mm -hmm. and like their confidence is the most beautiful thing about them. It, I mean, that aside, they are hot. Like people yeah. in their 30s are hot. It's not. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too. And like she mentioned, these are probably f these faceless people. 
the the twenty the the audience of this stuff is eighteen to twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, the eighteen to twenty three year old crowd does not know what thirty looks like, and I would know yeah, this because people don't know how old I am, and uh-huh. they try to like talk down to me when they're twenty five, and it's like, no, I'm thirty, and then they're like, wait, what? Um, so an eighteen to twenty three year old doesn't can't fathom what thirty looks like. They have no peers that are in their thirties. It's this foreign concept to them, and then of course the yeah. grifters who are selling this know better, but they have money to be to be making off of um, you know depressed, lonely people, so they're not going to say otherwise. Um, so yeah, no, like, and if you're someone that's in their, your late twenties and you're not trying to date the eighteen to twenty three crowd, I don't think you're going to come across these guys. Maybe there are some who don't grow out of it. That's the other thing too is like this eighteen to twenty three crowd, like that follows this like dork pill. You, you notice why it stops at 23 because a lot of times that's when you graduate college, you move to a big city and you're around other people and you realize, hmm, women aren't so bad. This wasn't that hard. I can go make friends and you ditch this. You're like, what the fuck was this red pill shit? Yeah. So it's like, you're not going to come across that in like, because of the for you page on TikTok, it's coming in front of you in a way that it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. This is, this used to be fringe shit on the internet. Um, I do think like maybe there's a bigger portion of people that are watching it, but I, I think guys that are well-adjusted kind of see this as more of like a Jerry Springer show thing that they don't take seriously because they bring on crazy characters who say fucking crazy shit. Like I see some of the stuff the women say, I'm like, I don't know anybody like that. Like this is somebody yeah. who's trying to say weird shit for views. Yeah. So don't listen to this fucking shit. Um, and please like, please go outside. And if you want any further proof that nobody in the real world thinks like this, talks like this, Go to a party and say this phrase, sexual market value aloud, and watch yourself never get invited to parties again because that is fucking loser speak. Can I ask you one question before we are done? Have you ever been approached by somebody uh, who pulled some of those tactics or like had any, spoke any of those ways or pick up artistry or anything like that? Uh, in the wild no that's the thing no. too and maybe it's maybe it's my age maybe the 18 to 23 crowd is, uh-huh. is seeing it on their dates or in the dating app profiles um no because i, I think it's it's very it targets a very young audience it does, um so yeah. it's not like i mean no i no nobody of the sorts like when i would when i think like when the andrew tate guy was popular like when his name would come up at like barbecues it was something the guys would chuckle at and be like oh what the fuck are the kids yeah, doing these days exactly. it was very much like that what i have been approached by not necessarily guys looking to court me is people in this space looking for grifters to join their fucking team. I have been approached by those people because wow. I talk to men sympathetic. Like, I do think like some of the creators that are you know female oriented that, that shit on that and say like, hey man, like this is terrible. Like listen to me shit on you are doing the wrong thing too. Like if you want people to listen to you and get away from this stuff, don't you know, call people stupid. Mm-hmm. But because I've taken you know a, a sympathetic role and I, I genuinely believe like, you know, let, let's, let's lift men up who are lonely, struggling with dating. Yeah. Um, I've been courted by those people. Um, and it's all about the money. None of them believe a goddamn thing they're saying. Isn't that funny? You don't mm-hmm. have to hate them because they're misogynist. You should hate them because they are trying to swindle people. Because exactly. they're trying to fuck over vulnerable people. Exactly. And that is the most unmanly, unmasculine, toxic, stupid, lame bullshit. Yeah. And you can quote me on that. I would love to have a chat with them. None of these You're people fucking give a fuck loser, about you. weak bitch. And yeah, or, yeah, the fucking. If you want to profit off lonely people who are struggling, you can kindly go fuck yourself. Um, but I think yeah, we're coming up on time. We had an impassioned episode. Um, not every episode will be like this, but I think these are kind of a big issue. I think you know my male audience you know struggles with this message kind of being shoved down their throat, um, or you know if they're struggling to come out of you know believing in something like this. Um, and I want to say from the bottom of my heart, like there your person is out there yeah clean your room be the best version of yourself but holy shit don't fucking hate people and these fringe personalities you see on the internet are not real life um and then to finally say we're all getting old but getting older is a blessing 
Um, not everyone's afforded that opportunity. There are a lot of people who, you know, pass before their, it's their time. Um, and it's very tragic and very sad. And they give anything to have the wrinkles on your face and, you know, the problems with seeing the sports scores. I need to get glasses um, the way mm -hmm. that you do. And, you know, thank your lucky stars, God, whatever you believe in, for the fact that you're still here and we're all getting older and more decrepit by the second. <laughs> word up, word up. But we are continuing to have enriching experiences, exactly. regardless of how we look and how our bodies feel. We're exactly. always learning and growing, and a lot of people miss out on those opportunities. So. Exactly. I love you all, and yeah, we had we had one big question and some little questions, and you know, <laughs> pray for our comment section, pray for the TikTok clips. Um, pray peace for out. We'll section. see you. Pray Ciao. for the comment section. Love you guys. <laughs> Bye. Have a good one. Bye.